God damn it, I forgot to, um, to activate the mic. Uh, yeah, very, very perfect ending of the song and beginning of the podcast. Um, welcome to today's Plumbers of Data Science podcast. And um, today we are going to look at data infrastructure at Airbnb. Yesterday we looked at Netflix. If you uh, missed that, check in the, on the channel. And today we're going to look at um, Airbnb. Airbnb. Hi, Nick. Hi. Um, Airbnb, very interesting. Um, of course, as you can imagine, Airbnb, um, when you want to uh, uh, rent your, rent as a, as a consumer, you want to rent your, your uh, apartment or your uh, holiday um how is that called in english not 100 percent sure so uh, you want to you want to rent something for the holidays and you go to, onto airbnb and get a get a apartment from someone who is uh, offering that on airbnb um there is a lot of stuff uh, in the background uh, you have your your app but um there's a lot of data science and a lot of, of uh, data coming in in the background that is very interesting to look into um how i um started here is i was looking into let me just share my desktop there is a very interesting uh, blog on medium from airbnb i have seen that uh, that many companies use um, medium so they make a publication on medium and then share their engineering stuff on medium and i think this is to attract uh, engineers and to show um, what is happening and yeah so show that you're cool and and what you're doing and um, get interest into the company um the airbnb airbnb engineering and data science um, publication they have uh, AI data infrastructure, native web and people, and some open source stuff. Um, we're going to focus on infrastructure today and on data, um, because as you know, I'm not that. Uh, I'm into data engineering and not into the data scientist stuff and analytics and so on. So, um, one interesting uh, article I have seen, this is a bit of an older one, and I think they have already made some major changes here. Um, an older one, infrastructure at Airbnb from February 2016. And an interesting thing here is, um, uh -uh -uh -uh. Uh, what they say is, and this is one thing that that I am also always making very clear when you're creating platforms, make sure it can scale and prefer standard components and methods and don't start building some special stuff that is that is working for you or only for you. And yeah, then then you're going to run into problems. So making sure it can scale. This is super important um yeah leave some headroom <laughs> this is also a very interesting platform wise some tips um yeah of course uh, the 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 optimal thing would be always have a, a minimalistic 
um, or, or minimal of more um, resources that you own that you that you uh, rent like from Amazon uh, then you actually need the thing is with scaling uh, in theory that all works super easy and super great and so on but um, yeah that's not 100% the case and that's not always true <laughs> so um, the idea is leave some headroom leave a bit more headroom and um, so you you, uh, you don't run into problems and um, can use new new business new business model or you can uh, create new services without uh, getting bogged down by um, missing um, missing resources on your cluster um, yeah so here I found this uh, this very interesting um, like uh, like yesterday with Netflix they are more more or less doing the same thing here so they have event logs and those are more or less logs that are coming from the applications that are coming from the users and so on and they are uh, they are getting into the system is this big enough uh, i can zoom a bit more here maybe mm. um these events go through a kafka cluster kafka instance and then into uh, a in this case a hadoop system and i found this uh, this setup very interesting um because usually when you think of hadoop is you're getting a a huge a, a big cluster you're uh, you're having a lot of uh, or you're setting up your your system you have the name nodes and the data nodes and uh, all the 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 stuff that is running on top of of hadoop and you use a cluster to store data and to analyze the data what they are doing here is a, something a bit different and they um they built this in a way that that you have two different clusters uh, gold and silver and the idea with that is if you if you look at, uh, at, at, at in the middle it says only replication um th that is not a hundred percent the only value that you're getting with this setup that you create more or less two um two of the same big data clusters um, what they are doing is the idea is this cluster on the on the gold cluster there you have all the processing all the super necessary all the all the uh, processing for the live system all the all the uh, analytics jobs that are running in your production environment and that have a a very a need for a very very high latency a, a low latency a a very very um uh need for a need for a very high service level agreement that you uh, that where you can make sure that the the that the um processes and the analytics and the storage and everything is running in a in a very very reliable manner and the problem when you're when you're doing this is you are you're using your data on top of that um gold cluster if you only have let's say you only have this one so you you don't have a silver cluster um you 
you're creating new analytics jobs, you're, you're working on the live data in the gold cluster. And with Hadoop and with, with more or less most of the big data systems, um, if you're, if you're uh, working on the live cluster and you're doing, uh, let's say, um, you're doing something that is not optimized or that is, that is eating a lot of resources, you, um, you can get in trouble because you can uh, stall your, your live system. Can stall your cluster. For instance, with Hive, um, if you're on the gold, if you would uh, do analytics on the gold cluster, um, then you can. Um, if you're, if let's say, yeah, you you could do uh, like uh, full table scans, and full table scans. If you're if you don't uh, or if you're doing something wrong, and full table scans and go over a lot of data that you don't really need to go over, and you can really uh, yeah, maximize the 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 cluster um, usage, and you can stall your your main system, and this is this is not very optimal. It's not very good, um, and so what they are doing is. They are replicating everything in their um, in their gold cluster onto a second cluster that is um, more or less the same, and they are working uh, on top of this thing with all the uh, development and all the analytics and stuff. And so, in this way, you can you have and, and the analytics analytics only flows from uh, left to right from gold to silver uh, the the data only flows from from gold to silver and so you are basically um you're safe that um you always know the 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 gold is the lead and the silver is the uh, is the follower and uh, you don't mess up the data and so with this setup, like if you see here, you have a Spark cluster um, as well. You can analyze data, analyze more or less the live data here on the silver cluster um, without influencing the the active live system, without influencing your um, yeah your your delivery to the customers, and this is a I, I find this a very interesting setup. I think it's, <laughs> I guess this is going to cost a lot of money um, to run, but Airbnb is a is a big company, so I guess this is they they can they can do this. And I'm not sure how S3 is is uh, is working here in that, but yeah. Airflow um, and Dragonfly asks, so where is the airflow running from? And does that mean it replaces Uzi in the classic sense of workflow scheduling? Um, I'm not 100%, uh, from this it's it's not 100% sure on which cluster or on which systems the airflow thing is running. Um, but yes, this is then usually replacing the Uzi system because um, Uzi is in theory um, very good, but if you're if you're having a cluster with Spark and with uh, with Hive and HBase and uh, all that stuff, 
Um, there are some compatibility um, issues on that, that with uh, certain versions, uh, Spark 2 jobs are not running, and with certain versions, uh, this is not working, and that is not working. And so, um, in this case, Airflow, um, I think this this is replacing Uzi on those clusters. Uh, I have to admit, I need to look more into Airflow. I'm not that 100% uh, familiar with Airflow. I haven't used that. Uh, I know what it does, uh, but I'm I'm not uh, I haven't used it. Um, Dragonfly, maybe you have uh, used Airflow. I don't know. Have you used Airflow before? Um, yeah. So this is a a a infrastructure from. Um, yeah, one more thing. This is an infrastructure from from 2016, and I think they have already. Um, uh, they have already changed some stuff here. Yes, I have. You you will love it. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, because with uh, with usual with uh, with distributions like from Cloudera or something, uh, Airflow isn't included. I think does map R have Airflow? I don't know. Um, one thing that is that is happening here, and uh, in a in another article they said this is uh, there were we're going to come to that later the the one of the problems here is the replication from gold to silver and uh, that has some latency and though that latency is not um that's not optimal and because you want to have if you're looking into like something like spark streaming you want to have a a very low latency um from from getting the actual data and then uh, doing the analytics stuff and yeah yeah so and then through presto and uh, you can connect then to blow and yeah you can have access to the data stored in the system um yeah dragonfly maybe i i need to i need to keep that in mind i need to look a bit more into airflow um yeah, so this is one interesting article. I, I would recommend that you read. Um, they have some uh, a bit of stuff from uh, Hadoop cluster evolution, and yeah, some some problems they uh, they had and they are working on. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff here. Uh, yeah, stats and so on. You can check this out. Um, then, what was I? Was that the other thing here? Yeah. Then uh, another interesting. How do you think they do a replication process? Um, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the, uh, here, um, it's not a hundred percent sure how your data is getting from Kafka into uh, HDFS or S3 and into the Hive tables. So um, one thing that that people are doing is they use Spark to uh, basically connect to Kafka and uh, write data into uh, into this one. And uh, yeah, I'm. 
I'm not a hundred percent sure how they do the replication then. Um, um maybe do they have some um, do they have some information about the replication here? <laughs> because I don't think so. I haven't seen this right now. No. No, they don't have a real information on how they do the replication. Um yeah. Can't say it, it it could be it could be spark jobs. What you what you can do is that you are um um I'm not sure because they uh, they in this in this thing they don't have Spark connected to the gold cluster. They have Spark or a cluster connected to the hive uh, to the silver cluster. Hmm. Yeah, what, one one typical thing is you get Kafka um, connected to Spark and then right into HDFS and you have the hive tables that are connected to the HDFS uh, folders and yeah. Don't know, don't know. That's just it's interesting. Um, yeah, one thing. Um, another article that is interesting: uh, scalability in web serving tier. Um, yesterday we've been we've been talking about how to get data in. How uh, how are they getting data in with microservices, or, or how might that ha be happening? Um, and in in today's uh, thing that I have found uh, at um, Airbnb, one interesting part is how they serve data to the actual um, clients, and they had some problems of uh, you know, of errors and and uh, and yeah, not reliability and performance, and um, an interesting thing is. What they are using is they're they're using uh, SQL databases. So they have for for serving they have SQL databases, and they have web servers um, in front web servers that are uh, delivering the content to you as a as a user. And um, usually, what you do is you connect uh, the web server to your database and do some connection pooling. And a SQL database has the option to more or less um, uh, work or, or work in a in a um, parallelized way in a in a yeah in a in a, a way where you have multiple databases together and you can pool to them and uh, get data from them. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit missing the. The special the the words for that um the idea here is what they have done is they are using from maria db maria db is a open source mysql um alternative and there is a a proxy service from maria db um max scale and they have more or less they have proxy servers in between the actual web servers and the databases that are uh, they're delivering the content to you and so what they are doing is they can uh, then route the data to uh, different instances of the sql databases uh, i'm not sure what is here uh, air master 
and uh, calendar and message what exactly is is in there um but yeah so they can they can route the data into the databases and they um if if you're having then multiple uh, multiple instances it's very easy to scale the whole operation so this is this is an interesting thing and um yeah they have some statistics here um this is also something yeah you can look into um another thing and this is why i said in uh and this this is from 2016 and i think they have changed uh, some stuff around here and they haven't uh, said that um is that they are using a uh, druid uh, and druid is a uh, is a database um how do i have a wiki here um column oriented uh, distributed data store so it's a it's a more or less a, a, a like a sql database um and 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 yeah so the 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 setup of the of such a thing is a bit different so what you have uh um with Druid, as you can see, they are they are using Kafka and then Spark and then uh, putting the data into Druid, and from there uh, they uh, what with Druid how Druid works is you have historical nodes and historical nodes buffer the data, and um, so you don't need to write all the data to hard disk. You you have very very quick access to the data. And I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure how, what they did. So they have still they have some batch processing here in HDFS and S3. Um, this indicates something that they are um, that they are doing. They are still having uh, having the setup we have talked before, but I am I'm, I'm, yeah. They have they have bolted on Druid or they have they have because Presto is here again, and we have seen Presto here, so um, it's not it's not one hundred percent clear what they have done, but uh, they they have uh, they they wanted to go the 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 uh, more performance oriented the the lower latency and. Uh, faster access route because if you're uh, if you're looking at, at uh, this the problem with hive and if and you want to have hive access is hive is not uh, super quick and yes um nick asks is apache druid an analog to a uh, cloudera kudu um kudu or impala i always um because i don't use in my environment, Kudu and in, in uh, Impala right now. Um, Impala. Yeah, I think it's. Mm, maybe to both. <laughs> um, yeah 
yeah this is this is definitely some something analog to those um those things um yeah the so uh, the idea with uh, with the with um Nick R says kudo is part of cloudera cdh it could handle both types of workloads yeah yeah um as well as impala is also a part of of cloudera uh, distribution so um yeah uh, yeah druid is 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 in, it's interesting they have they have changed something here and um yeah they also have a dual cluster uh, configuration for druid um the thing is yeah, they say the clusters are relatively small yeah i wasn't uh, as you can see it's a wall of text here <laughs> um so yeah let's let's uh, focus let's keep here focusing here um where was they they had they had something about generating a lot of data yeah more or less what i have said already that uh with with uh, hive this is not uh, that super quick um yeah so uh, they might have gone into druid druid you you can where is it here um how, how much does that is that for free um druid, druid, druid. where can i download this download mm, okay okay It might be a community edition here. Let me just check. Do it. Strange, I had a pricing thing before, but I cannot find it anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. So um yeah wow now I've I've been running through the topics here again um yeah something I I've, I find this very interesting um where was there was another thing I wanted to show you huh um yeah, I, I'm. Nick uh, says Druid is still incubating. Does not seem a good idea to use it in production. Uh, ain't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. The thing is, you don't know the the amount of resources that um, companies like Airbnb can throw at it, and how much uh, Airbnb is involved into the Druid um, development itself. So. Yeah, maybe 
maybe this is is not as uh, as in production as they say um, because this post is a newer one this is from november to 2018 so this is um have they some statistics here metrics mm. So they say Druid is a big data analytics engine designed for scalability, maintainability, and performance. It's well factored architecture allows easy management and scaling of Druid development, and its optimized storage format enables low latency analytics queries. I think that this is this is the the thing they were for. Or they were looking for low latency analytics queries. Uh, we have successfully deployed Druid at Airbnb for our use cases and see continued growth in its footprint as our user base and use cases grow. So, um, yeah, I, it looks like they have some they have some use cases um, realized, and yeah, it's it's not. It's maybe it it hasn't it hasn't uh, replaced so much stuff. Yeah. And this is what I what I talked about. Um, do you want to join? Interested in joining the team? Uh, please check out our open positions. Send your application. This is this is why they do that, um, so people get interested in the whole thing, and. Check it out. Um, I thought I had another tab open. Kudu, how we deliver insight to our host. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah some something interesting they have here. This is also an older post, December twenty sixteen. How they deliver insights back to the host. So if, uh, you who who offer your your apartment for someone um, and what they said here uh, okay host enters the calendar page the, so the 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 databases that we have seen before the calendar databases then is then the database behind that and interestingly you can see redis here um, a in-memory database so it's, they have a lot of systems running. Um, oh, that's, it's interesting to find inside rank insights. Um, of what I wanted to show you, I want, what I found uh, interesting is what they collect. Um, I need to prepare these sessions better so I can find it quicker um, whenever a host takes an action on insights the backend system tracks those events through redis so um, yeah types of actions that the system tracks include impression conversion skip and dismiss um, in order to keep insight fresh it uses the interaction data 
to implement fatigue rules. Okay, fatigue rules and so on. Um, so they they get you the the information for um, for how um, for your bookings and and so on. So so insights to your to your offer, and they also then track what you are doing on the site and which which uh, things you're uh, you're checking and if you uh, change the price and if you um yeah then act on top of of that um that information so this is this is also interesting um yeah those are the they have been more or less the services and size backend system yeah Okay, I, I wanted to to show you the 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 Redis part here. Um, I find this interesting that they they have a lot of a lot of interesting systems in use. Um, yeah, this is so far what I have prepared for today. Um, yeah, something. Have you seen something that is Nick Dragonfly? Guys, have you seen something that is that is interesting here that that you wanted to, uh, or, or that you think is is more or would be good to look into further, in this context here? Otherwise, I'm I'm just clicking here a bit more. Um, and looking into what they are. What they're writing about Airbnb. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Logging event. So, hmm. November 2018. Another, the, the, here's another pipeline they are doing. Um, client services. Um, so, this is, this then are the, um, this is a this is also a pipeline for uh, clients that connect to the to the for instance like the UI and uh, services like uh, apps and they are sending data to Kafka Spark streaming HBase and then into Hive so if you if you remember this thing here um, they have HDFS here this can also be that uh, you have as a middle layer the HBase key value store. Um, oops, where is it? Where has it gone? Here, because HBase uh, in the background uh, is using HDFS to um, to store the data. So this is another pipeline that they are using. Airstream, a Spark streaming store job built on top of Airstream Airbnb streaming processing framework. Uh -huh. Yeah. So they're they're pumping it into H H base and then into a hive table hourly. Yeah, this is pretty typical. Numbers of events per week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what does that mean here? Without a 
a numeration on the axis. Uh, what they are saying is the the events are are growing and growing and growing. Spark parallelism is determined by the number of cup partitions. This is this is very true. Um, this is very true. You need a a good amount of uh, of Kafka partitions, um, or a good relation between Kafka partitions and executors on the in in the Spark environment to use the full full power of Spark. Kafka topic A partition yeah splits okay this is how it's stuff is splitsed split is balancing yeah all right guys um what do you think was that interesting Airbnb um something missing uh what would you like to see tomorrow because we're going to do this tomorrow uh don't forget by the way don't forget to hit the like button on this one um we can go over or we could go over let's see here let me check the cookbook we could uh, look into something like Hmm, something a bit different. Something like if a like LinkedIn or PayPal. PayPal thing is also interesting. Um, or Spotify. Um, I don't know. Let me know in the comments uh, what you would like to see. This is from my cookbook that I have on my Patreon that you can find in the in the description of the um, of the this video. Um, I'm doing the cookbook um, more or less uh, for for newcomers, for start for people who are starting with data engineering, and for people who want to uh, advance in data engineering and yeah, so I am having some some uh, more or less the the basics, and then with the new cookbook, I'm doing I'm, I'm having a collection of the um, the case studies and with all the links from the case studies um, about healthcare industry healthcare. Do I have health? Didn't don't I have healthcare in here? Mm. Okay, and um, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I need to remember that. New document. Um, healthcare. Yeah, Nick. With Tesla, I have been looking into Tesla, but they are not very open to what they are actually doing and what type of, of systems they are using and their their setup. Um, 
it's very clever <laughs> and yeah yeah so so tesla would be interesting but we cannot we cannot get stuff from tesla um maybe i find something um, but i i already searched uh, on uh, google and i have i didn't come across stuff from um from tesla unfortunately yeah yeah tesla isn't is elon musk knows what he's doing so he's not he's not revealing stuff yeah <laughs> i yeah yeah i i think i my guess is he doesn't need the publicity yeah yeah we can do with booking.com this is is interesting yeah it's it's a bit connected to airbnb but yeah yeah so let's let's do booking.com tomorrow yeah yeah that's what what most and and this is um nick says booking.com then i know that they collect a huge amount uh, a huge amount of uh, clickstream data to make their services better and that's that is that is the way to go and this is what people don't understand all that clickstream data this that is super important you need to know at all times what are the users doing where are they clicking what services are they using and so on and so clickstream is is super important and let me just check a interesting i have a book where was that Wasn't that in Lean Startup? Wasn't that in Lean Startup? Let me just check. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm talking about Lean Startup from Eric Ries. Interesting book. Um, but yeah, I always take, take stuff with a grain of salt and don't get too crazy with it 114 so um he he um now oh, it's getting he's <laughs> getting a book review um he he split it in part one vision part two steer part three accelerate and in part two steer at uh, chapter seven um uh, measure it's 114 wasn't there a Mm -hmm. um, um, there was a lot about um, measuring and testing measure everything and optimize um, Mm, why something seemingly dull as accounting would change mm. yeah so yeah the w one thing that i i would uh say from from this part here and 
regarding clickstream is it's super important to to measure the stuff because you uh, when you create the application you make some assumptions on how um, people are using your services are using your platform or whatever and you need to test those assumptions and you you need to test those assumptions which which features are are really used and which feature features are uh, you can phase out and and don't concentrate on them and yeah so lean lean startup from eric Reese, interesting book um i buy these books in bulk from uh second hand so then I've, I've, this is a is a great tip uh, people always tell me wow these these books are are super expensive and so on this this book uh costs a new uh 26 us dollars i get this from uh, in, in germany from medimops three euros or something yeah um I've heard they do not uh, so open to yeah. <laughs> um, best practice, yes, we need uh, to know more information about clickstream. Um, best practices, yeah, yeah. Best practices about clickstream. I can, I th maybe. maybe one of those uh, case studies here or cases here has a good um, information about clickstream i'm going to look into this and maybe select this then um, for one of the next ones um and the ways of using it yeah of course yeah um i've been collecting clickstream through nifi and pulling to hbase and hdfs yeah um i I need to do a a stream about NiFi. NiFi is is super interesting. I haven't uh, had uh, the opportunity to work in a live environment with with NiFi, but what I found super I have heard it. Uh, uh, how long was that? A few months ago uh, was the first time I heard about NiFi. Um, and I find it very interesting now if I can quickly find that in the documentation. NiFi docs. And let me just get this to another window so you can see what I'm doing. Um, I found the. Uh, I find the. What's the, the options that NiFi has to. Um, work with data very very interesting so um, data transformation routing database what's that um, it has to be here data ingestion yeah um, the the amounts of of options you have uh, with NiFi to to uh, ingest data and to then uh, put out uh, push out data is super interesting um 
from FTP servers, from SFTP servers, HTTP requests, UDP, uh, HDFS, also something super interesting, um, list fetch, get um, from S3, from Kafka, MongoDB, <laughs> Twitter, okay. Um, this is super interesting. Um, I have some cases where I could have used this a few years back where I had to write um, Java code or Java, Java translation software myself and now I could just use NiFi to um, yeah to get this it's, yeah, and then you can send data out uh, put email fi <laughs> emails uh, files FTP SFTP Kafka, MongoDB. Yeah, it's post make HTTP post AWS. So it's NiFi is a NiFi is a very interesting interesting tool and yeah. Um, Nick says um, clickstream sounds reasonable but much more interesting is what to exactly do with that data after gathering uh, yeah yeah the thing is this is uh, right now not where what I'm focusing on with those streams here because um, then what exactly are you doing with it and how are you analyzing the data this is then again more a data scientist topic not a engineering topic in in that case if you know what i mean so i i would like to right now i would like to focus on um on the on the 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 engineering part we can um we can flow in some some information about what people are doing with it but not in a way that um with technical information and go deep into um into the the algorithms that they're using and so on so um yeah yeah most data transformations are directly available in ifi uh yeah yeah the the w w one thing that is um that you need to look into if you're using tools like this is um you cannot like with with nifi if you have and you can uh, open a port and make a more or less an api and get the data into that api or for, for, for uh, with with https calls or something and while this is uh, sounds very very easy and very very uh, uh, quick to set up the thing is always with those cases that it's a security problem i would say um in in uh, production environments uh, it's it's not that simple to just set up a a a, a api or a, a server open a port and um push the data in so mm, and it's also not 
not for let's say for front facing systems or internet facing systems i would say this is it's not the best it's not the best uh, tool i think i've forgotten here and uh, yeah something nick says and stream sets also it's super convenient web etl tools also highly recommend um now we're now it's getting out of hand <laughs> Um, stream sets, stream sets, stream sets. I don't know about this. As uh, this is what uh, what I'm telling you guys, it's if you're if you're talking about tools, it's getting it's getting out of hand so so quickly because there are so many tools. It's it's crazy. Um, Another question from Nick: um, Is Spark more flexible in ETL terms than NiFi, Simsets, other visual tools? Um, more flexible. More flexible. I would say mm, that depends. I mean, if you look at at all the input. Uh, uh, or in in chest options here, uh, now you cannot see my screen. Just a second. Um, if you ca uh, if you look at the input uh, ingestion options here, um, of course with Spark you cannot ingest some HTTPS data directly into into Spark, and uh, some and to do UDP connections and and so on. You can use S3. Yes, um, I would say. From the flexibility point, um, NiFi is super flexible, and it's also interesting that you, how you can, uh, how you pro, how you, uh, how you set it up that you set it up with a visual in a visual environment, and this is a this is a, a very very interesting tool. Um, yeah, I need to look into. Um, uh, I have seen people on LinkedIn talk about NiFi and NiFi setups or setup uh, platform setups with NiFi. Maybe I can find this quickly. Just a second. Um, my guess is I can't find it, but I have liked it. Did like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the the problem with LinkedIn the the search function is terrible. It's a freaking joke. Uh, I can't find it. Um, yeah, maybe if I find it, I, I repost it again. Um, yeah, tools are uh, there are endless tools. Um, 
Yeah, the, the 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 thing is, and this is why I where Dragonfly, and this is what um, Dragonfly says. Yes, you're right about the tools. There is a lot of them out there. Adopting it uh, to business problem is the key. Exactly, and this is what I said to you yesterday. Um, this is why I'm, 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 I switched from explaining tools and getting into tools into these case studies because it's, um, it's super interesting and super important to get a feeling of what is out there, what are people really using. Because um, while NiFi might seem a super interesting option and a very, very flexible thing, and um, if the market isn't isn't using it if nobody is using it out there um as a beginner or, or yeah intermediate maybe but as yeah, the 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 actual use for you to learn it um before you let's say um you learn it and you don't have a uh, a option to apply it at work or um yeah, it, it, then it, it almost doesn't make sense to learn it if you can't have a, if you don't have a, an application for it. And it's very, very hard or, or very, very, yeah. If, <laughs> let's say NiFi isn't that used, it's very interesting. Um, you learn it, you don't have an application for it right now. You are going on the job market and you search for jobs that are, uh, they're using NiFi, uh, then it's hard that you uh, that you find them, or that you don't find really jobs. And then, yeah, it's the the how do you say this? The the return the return on invest for you to learn it is is quite low. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing. have to keep in mind always um but i guess nifi is 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 coming it's yeah the one thing one thing i like is that you you basically um because with a lot of stuff you have json um objects that you are that you're processing and that might be with clickstream that might be with uh, some other information and w with nifi it's very simple to to click this together and, and do some conversions and post this into something like uh, a database so yeah yeah that's that's interesting okay so tomorrow booking.com i just want to check um one two i already have three uh, okay, you don't see it. <laughs> I need to work on getting better here. Um, I already have three links that I want to look into. Um, I might be finding more for tomorrow. Two slide shares. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, if there isn't uh, more... Um, I'm starting this session every day at uh, 10.30 uh, Central uh, Central Europe time. CET is CET. Is it called Central Europe time? 
CT. Yeah, Central European time. Um, or 2.30 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, so every, every day, um, 10.30 p.m. Uh, CET or 2.30 PST. Because um, this is more or less the only time slot I have to do stuff like this. Um, I have tried morning streams. I, can, I could get up at 5 a.m., but... Yeah, yeah. It's then you're a zombie. <laughs> Are you based in Berlin? God no. <laughs> God no. Uh, no, I don't want to live in Berlin. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm living in the countryside. Um. Near near Würzburg. That's between Nuremberg and uh, Frankfurt, and uh, yeah, in a in a nice town, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my uh, I'm I'm working currently working for Bosch Rexroth, and Bosch Rexroth is in is in Lora Main. This is an even smaller town than than Würzburg, but it's a it's a huge company, um, um, part of the Bosch. Uh, Part of Bosch and yeah, yeah, Bayern, Franken, <laughs> Franconia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I don't, I would never want to uh, live in in Berlin. I, I lived in Nuremberg for some time during studies, but uh, no. Nuremberg is a nice is a nice city, but I'm not uh, I'm not someone who wants to live in the city. Um, yeah, guys, I'm I'm ending it here. Yeah, thanks for being here, Nick. Great questions, um, great questions from all of you guys. Uh, yeah, the the. <laughs> Don't call it class. This is not a class. <laughs> this is a. I, I. I would like to have this as a. Yeah, I said it yesterday as a as a opportunity for for us us together to work through some topics and for you to to connect together and and talk. Yeah. Okay. So tomorrowbooking.com. Um, See you there and bye-bye. And now I am going to the end screen so I don't have to cut this in later on. And all right. Bye-bye, guys. And I'm stopping the stream.